Welcome to Get It Done Entrepreneurs, where we talk with founders of companies who bet on themselves in one. My name is Rich Lebrun, and I am the founder and CEO of Lebrun Advisory Group. You can find us at rlebrun.com. Our mission is to help our clients build wealth through business ownership. Stick around to the end of the show and we'll reveal how you can be our next guest. Our special guest today is Chaz, Chaz Wolf. He's the founder of Gathering the Kings. I love that name. I get a chance to hear how that came about. Uh, yeah. Chaz is a high-performing serial entrepreneur. He has built, purchased, and sold multiple seven-figure ventures in franchising, real estate, and consulting. Chaz is a studied and accomplished professional who values discipline and integrity. He's an operation and process maximizer and an award-winning sales and business mind. Chaz is known to push the limits of work ethic, mindset, and results. As a dynamic leader, consultant, and speaker, he has helped both domestic and international organizations achieve massive levels of growth and success. Chaz brings a unique outlook to business with a background in both sales and operations. His approach can be noted as tailored and straightforward. When it comes to getting results, Chaz considers himself an absolute an executor. Executor, let me clarify that, executor. I was get a chance to do a little research on Chaz and watching some of his videos. He had a great statement which I'd like to have him elaborate on here in a okay. second. If you only had one hour a week, how would you run your business? And I love that. So welcome, Chaz. I'm sorry, Chaz lives in Kansas City, Missouri, married and four children. So with that said, yeah. Chaz, welcome. Yeah, Rich, I appreciate the opportunity to be here. Um, I think that that last little piece there of considering myself an executor, being being on your show, Get It Done Entrepreneurs, I think that it makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah, there you go. Get it done. So we're going to hear right. about that. With that said, let's jump in, Chaz. Tell us your story. How did you how did you go into get into business on you know as an entrepreneur and tell us a little bit about your background? Well, I think like a lot of entrepreneurs, um, not like all, but a lot of like you know, entrepreneurs in today's world, uh, we feel like we've kind of always had that uh, little knack for for business or for sales or something. Even when I was a kid, you know, uh, selling things, um, newspaper routes, uh, mowing lawns, you know, the the whole deal way before. Um, I knew really, you know, how to calculate really much of what business was. Um, it was just in the DNA of hustle, probably more than anything. And I uh, grew up single mom family. And so the reality there is that at a very young age, 12, 13, 14, when I started really, I mean, I wasn't just like, hey, I mow the grass for 10 bucks. And then I got my allowance. It was, I had, I had multiple accounts. I was really, I was writing invoices, you know, doing the actual thing as a 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 year old, because if I was going to go get whatever it was in life, um, it was going to be up to me. It wasn't, it wasn't handed to me ever. And so I learned that from my mom, a uh, single mom working two, three jobs my whole life. And um, the, the upbringing, although inside of that environment, maybe less financial, um, the, the discipline or the stick-to-itiveness, the persistence, the work ethic that I uh, received from that, it just parlayed me right into, okay, well, if you're going to get it done in real life, you might as well do it for yourself. And so that's, that's how an entrepreneur thinks. So that's kind of like the basis or the mindset of how I got involved, you know, in business. But to answer your question, how I got actually started 24 years old, I was already uh, in a six figure salary, corporate America. Um, I was a sales um, representative for many years, did very well. Um, I, I skipped out on the college uh, portion of life and decided just to go make money. 
And so I got really good at sales. And by the time I was 24, I was a sales manager, actually the top sales manager in, in a company doing three, four, five hundred million dollars. Um, and uh, making six figures at a 24 year old. And I gave it all up to open up a franchise. So, you know, a little thing or two about that, don't you? <laughs> Just a little bit. So, uh, yeah, tell us how that happened. Well, so like for me, honestly, the widget of business, the the task or the the service or the product really ne never made that much of a difference to me personally, um, just because business or sales or the sale of the, the service or the business was more so of my skill set. And so for me, um, I looked at tons of businesses, Rich, like probably a lot of like your clients, you know, just looking at different brands and how do you do it and this and that and um, honestly, a little secret, little tidbit. Um, I was working with a business broker, I'm 24 years old and, uh, I'm, I'm about to buy a two location dry cleaners. Mm. And, uh, I had no idea what a PL was. Not that I didn't know how to read it. I did not know how to read it for sure. Mm -hmm. I didn't even know what it was. <laughs> <laughs> Literally the business broker, um, is walking me through how to understand, uh, this, this PL and balance sheet. And I can only imagine what he was thinking at that time going, Oh, geez, I'm going to help this kid who's never been to college, who doesn't understand a PL, buy this two location dry cleaners. Um, but he was so gracious with his time and effort. And um, I ended up not buying those, but uh, an eventual uh, franchise opportunity came available. The brand is Edible Arrangements. I bought my first one in uh, the spring of 2012. I was 24 years old, just turned 25 when the deal went through. And um, the, the long story short goes, I bought the second one six months later. I opened up the third one a year later. I opened up the fourth one a year later. I opened up five, six, and seven a year later. So within four years, I had seven locations, three states, 60-something employees. I'm in my 20s running around like I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> I love it so far. This is awesome. So, so you still have the stores? I still have some of the stores. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, as you can imagine, along the way, we have made some adjustments. Um, yeah. But uh, some some of some have been actually I've strategically closed a couple, believe it or not. Um, and uh, and that's been OK. And I've sold some and, and I've still got some um, got great teams in place, um, great systems and processes in place now. Um, and and when Valentine's Day, Mother's Day and, and even Christmas, when those come around, uh, edible arrangements is is all hands on deck. I tell you, I have been a buyer of your product and I love it. And I, yeah. I sent it out to clients and I've used yeah. it when I was in corporate America as well. 100%. But that's not what you're doing today, though. I mean, you have those businesses today, but you actually yep. uh, created something else called Gathering the Kings. Yeah. So tell us about that. Yeah. Gathering the Kings um, started <clears throat> way before I called it Gathering the Kings out of my, my um, desire to disciple. Um, I've always been a leader. I've always wanted to help other people. And so whether it was, you know, thinking all the way back to fourth, fifth grade, me um, mentoring other students in school, all the way up to being a leader, um, you know, in, in the basketball teams that I played on or in the youth group that I was a part of, um, outside of that, obviously being a leader um, in, in sales and, and then becoming a, an actual sales manager and then a leader of sales managers. And, you know, I've worked for a guy named Grant Cardone, who's like the sales guru out there. I built a sales team for him. I was an executive director. So I've always been in a leadership or what I like to think of as like a, as a, a pouring out type of a role. Um, I very much love that portion or that part of how I'm designed. That's how, 
you know, there's a couple of things that I know for sure about how the Lord designed me to be. And that's part of it is that I create disciples. I, I pour into other people. Um, and so for many, many years, obviously through just my own, just like stumblings in business, you know, again, I told you I had seven businesses, three States, 60 something employees. There was a bunch of highs, high highs, low lows, a bunch of things I'm figuring out some about a bunch of things that I'm not figuring out. And uh, had other business owners, um, other friends that were wanting to become business owners, other friends in leadership, you know, um, positions that just wanted to pick my brain. And we would get together and we'd talk about stuff. And so I did this for years and years and years before I ever charged, you know, for time or advice or, or whatever. And so all that culminated to, okay, I think I've got a little bit of a skill set here. I like making disciples, meaning I like helping people. Sure. I love strategy. I can sit down and talk with you, Rich, about any of the brands that you sell for or that you that you connect people with. We can talk about strategy. We can talk about sales. We can talk about marketing. And I have a God-given talent of being able to talk about any business with any business owner. And within 15, 20, 30, 45 minutes, boom, ideas and strategy and excitement and whatever it is that they're needing, it just flows. And so that to me was valuable. So I started working with some folks one-on-one, some business owners, some sales folks. All that culminated into what I call a roundtable mastermind. We've dubbed, you know, Gathering the Kings. And uh, so we've got a group for six-figure business owners that haven't hit the million-dollar mark. We've got a group for seven-plus-figure, you know, so million into the tens of millions. Um, we've even we've even got eight and nine-figure owners in the tens and the hundreds of millions of uh, guys that come onto our show as well as into the group. Um, and it's it's strategic. It's for relationship. It's for community. It's for you know, as an entrepreneur, man, like. There's just a lot of ups and ups and downs and downs and and things you don't have anybody to talk about with and um, decisions and heavy and employees and like there's just stuff. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. you don't calculate all those things and then you start calculating them by yourself and it gets a little heavy and you can't talk to your spouse and then you start getting stressed and you start thinking, well, how am I going to pull this off? And then you can't sleep and just all those things, right, that we experience as business owners. The reality of it is that we're all experiencing those things. Not one of us have it figured out. But if we can come together in a strategic way and talk about those issues, talk about the things that we're actually winning at, as well as the things that we're struggling with, there's so much breakthrough in community and accountability and and in camaraderie, you know, um, encouragement, you know, sure. <laughs> specific ideas and strategy. I mean, you name it. Um, I can tell you guys have had, um, you know, connections that literally changed their life and business. I've had guys that, um, they've, they've made decisions in their business through the group, um, that have literally changed their life and business. I've had guys change their revenue, grow their, their, grow their business. I've had guys leverage their time. There's so many guys out there wearing too many hats. They're doing too much. They're trying to do it every, you know, do it all as the technician. And they're not the owner. Uh, that's a whole different mindset to be able to work on the business, not in the business. So I'm really excited about what we're doing. Hopefully you can tell from my enthusiasm. <laughs> I can that passion's jumping right through the screen here, buddy. <laughs> Good. I Good. love it. Do me a favor. You have this saying, uh, again, if you only had one hour a week, how would you run your business? I love it. How you yeah. capture that. What's that about? Well, it, it was actually a question that was posed um, by someone else in, in, um, in the round table. It wasn't even my original um, thought, but the more I got to, first off, it hit me like a ton of bricks. Like, Cause I'm, I'm a hustler. Like I told you from the early age, like go do the work. I've never been afraid of doing the work, but the reality of it is, is that some level in business, it's not just about the work. You don't ever exchange the work. You always keep the work ethic, but at some point you have to be able to think more or as much as you do. 
And so the thinking portion of it is what allows for a business owner to only work one hour a week type of a mindset. And I'm not suggesting necessarily that people only work one hour a week, but I'm just suggesting that what if, mm-hmm. how would you have to think differently? How would your systems have to be different? How would your team have to be different than it currently is if that's all you got? So as I started dissecting this and this, the power of like, wow, what, 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 how could this be possible? I look over at the systems and, and teams that we've created within the franchise world. I literally, I have one, one hour meeting on Thursdays with my edible arrangements managers. That's it. One, one hour a week meeting. They, they know, they know what to do, how to do the rest of the week, the rest of the month. We talk about the high level stuff. We make decisions. They go implement. Of course, when the holidays come, there's a little bit more involvement, but one hour once a week is, is how I've been doing that for years. And I didn't even realize it. And so not only do I know that it's possible, Mm-hmm. But if I can help other entrepreneurs think differently and then create systems and hiring and teams and sales process and mindset and accountability and community, if I can put all these things together for somebody that maybe it does allow them to only work one hour a week, maybe that's not their target. It doesn't really matter. It's mm-hmm. the mindset of what if you only had that things would have to be dramatically different because most entrepreneurs just work and work and work and work and work. And that's not always the answer. Yeah, I find it so interesting. And especially in my business of selling franchises, uh, um, I tell people this is a strategy. It's not it's not the business. I don't care what the business is. You are a certain place in life or where do you want to be going forward? And many people have not taken time, as you just suggested, to even think about it. Yeah. And then I would say that for your for your clients, it's so it I mean. What you, the value that you offer, the service that you offer is so valuable. And here's why. And, and for the listener, I didn't know Rich before this podcast, so I'm not here being paid to promote his stuff. Here's the reality though, is that whether you're a business owner and you're looking to expand into another brand, or you're looking to diversify your portfolio, or if you're in corporate America and you're trying to get out of the rat race or just do something different or control your time or whatever, you have an option to come into the business as a mom and pop owner, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But you also, you can do what I did is you can come into the business as an investor and you don't always have to be the guy cutting the fruit. Now I cut the fruit. I know how to cut the fruit. I know how to clean the toilet. I know how to dip it in chocolate. I know how to make the basket. I know how to deliver it. I know how to do all those. And I have done all of those thousands of times. But the reality of it is that I've always had the mindset of working on the business as an investor, not necessarily being in the business which makes for a portfolio of companies or makes for a portfolio of mindset as opposed to just having to change out your daily job. Yeah, and that mindset is transferable. You move from franchise to coaching, sales, organizations, uh, managing, either whatever, that mindset goes with you wherever you go. I want to take you back a little bit. So exciting time, you grew, you got in young age, got into franchise ownership. Now you're doing this great leadership coaching training. Uh, helping other leaders become who they're intended to be. Looking back, is there any decision that you would say that uh, you would make differently? That's a good question. Um, so I think the the natural perspective I'm going to have on decisions are that it was it's done and done, right? So I don't know if I'd look, go back and change something per se, because I know without a shadow of a doubt, those things, good or bad, have made me who I am, right? For example, I didn't know my dad growing up, right? He didn't know I existed. I thought somebody else was my dad. I met my dad at 24. Mm. Crazy story, changed my name, the whole deal. Would I have liked to have known my dad earlier? Well, of course, of course. 
But if I had, how would that have changed me? So I don't necessarily think back on decisions like that, even though I didn't control that one and think I would like it differently. What I would have to answer your question directly though, now that I've given you the mindset, um, I don't think I understood how expensive growth is. I think I just went for it. And so I, again, I don't know if I would change it because I learned so much. I stretched myself so thin um, time-wise, location-wise, bro. I had locations in different states. Most people in edible arrangements, they might have a couple of locations, but even if they do, it's pretty tight. They're not going in different states because the holidays get pretty crazy. It's pretty yeah. logistically difficult. And so I'm just a little bit crazy and that's okay. I don't know if I would change that. I think that those types of decisions where I pressed the envelope made it difficult. I think that there were years where, you know, I was scratching going, oh, geez, you know, but I think that every entrepreneur experiences those things unless they're just playing it safe. And if you're really playing it safe, just keep your job, you know, like <laughs> why be an entrepreneur? So I, I kind of just take it to an nth, nth degree. You know, I'm a little bit obsessive. Um, you know, I, I spend money, um, on, on growth. I spend money on marketing. Um, I, I, I take it to the nth degree. I I've created passive income at this point with real estate and, and of course a few companies. So I know my baseline. We live, we live humbly and, and I, and I am aggressive. So I, I don't, I still haven't even changed it. It's not <laughs> like I would go back and, you know, but I do recognize that being aggressive has uh, has caused for some sticky moments. Let's say it like that. Yeah, sometimes I think people don't regret the decisions. Maybe they would say, I would shorten up my learning curve. Just, yeah. So I have some wisdom today. But flip, do the flip side. You're very successful. Okay, you started out as a young person and I applaud you for that. And uh, But what decision do you think, is there any key decision you made that really was um, uh, the catalyst for your success? Just yeah, I mean, I think that... Um, the the catalyst, I mean, as cliche as it is, is just to get started. Um, you know, I think that I just made a decision. I made a decision to to be successful, to to do my own thing, whatever that was at the at the the core of who I was, the DNA. And then since then, I've I've progressively worked on it. So before I was in business, it was you know reading people skill books and and reading self development uh, material and and courses and and stuff, all that was free. And then I got, then I really stretched myself and like started paying for stuff, you know, uh, events and, and, and mentors and coaches and, and masterminds and, and just stuff that you're like, okay, if I've make, if I've, if I'm committing on me, like that's what entrepreneurship is, right. I'm like, mm -hmm. I'm betting on me. I'm committing to myself that I'm going to freaking make this happen. Right. And, and for me, and, I, and I've said this for many, many years, it goes beyond that. Like literally when my name is on it, it means something so deep to me that it's like, it has to get done. Keep it in the same, in the theme with your, with your show here. It has to get done. If my name's on it, count it done. You don't have to think twice. If you see Chaz Wolf done. And so for me, that's just like a, like a super high level of commitment and ownership. And in order to really, really do that, I had to pour into myself. So the decision to get started, but specifically on myself, reading books, I was not college educated, chose not to be college educated, but I had to still be educated. Education is still the, very, very important. How do I do that? Okay, well, I got to read books. I got to listen to stuff. I got to go to on YouTube. I got to go to courses, go to events. I got to get around other entrepreneurs. Whatever it is that I've had to do, I've just done it to continually grow. Not every week, every day. Let me zero in on that one question, then I'm going to switch gears on you. 
what are you doing literally today? Are you reading something specific? Are you what, what are you working on right now in the keeping yourself on course? So keeping the just the personal development uh, lane here, I I reread Think and Grow Rich every September. And okay. so it is it is my it is my go to it's the it's the manual, if you will, I refresh the manual every single year. And I tell you what, I get something new and different every single year. So I'm, I'm literally about to wrap that up here um, today or tomorrow. Um, but I take notes, I study, I'm not just flippantly reading through it, I study it, I go through it with my team. I've got several guys in the mastermind group going through it this year as well. So it's like, you know, I really try to dial in and go, okay, who am I this year? Who am I last year? My target after I finish it will be to compare my notes from this year compared to last year. So I guess really all I have to say is that I'm a student behind those things. Yeah, yeah, perfect. All right, I want to switch gears on you. So here we are, 2022. We are facing probably the most multiple headwinds at one time with recession and labor shortage and supply chain and politics uh, and war pending in the world, pandemics. You're an owner. You're responsible for people, your labor, you have all these other things that you have to contend with as a CEO owner of the company. Yeah. How are you navigating this time? And the second part of this question is, is this a time to retreat, to hide? Is this a time to go forward? You see opportunities. Our listeners are either deciding, should I go in business today? Or, or, or entrepreneurs are going, should I add additional revenue stream in the midst of all this chaos? So take yeah. it away, Chaz. Yeah, so I think... I, I'm. Every single one of my answers, if you've noticed, has always been mindset first. And so I'm going to give you the mindset. <clears throat> mindset is quiet the noise and go. Okay, so I'm going to give you an example. We all know that we need to be in better physical shape, right? Even though I'm a tall, skinny guy and I don't need to lose weight, I need to be in the gym to be physically strong. I need to be on my bike to make sure that my lung endurance is high. So that way in the fall, I can go elk hunting with my family and I can traipse up and down the mountain with no problem, right? In order to do that, though, I have to be, I have to stay physically fit. We all know that we need to be physically fit to some degree, but we'll do things like, well, Rich, it's September. It's almost October. In fact, if I get started now, that'll only be about a couple of weeks in the gym because then I got Thanksgiving and then we got Christmas. So I'm just going to wait until January. Right. And so what happens is that we'll wait until January. And so we lose the next quarter of life of our fitness. Now I'm going to apply it to business. There are people who will wait to the quote unquote January. I don't know when that January is, when the recession is going to be over, when the war is going to be over, when the president changes, you fill in the blank, right? I'm not waiting to January. I know that I need to be physically fit right now. So not only am I going to go to the gym today and tomorrow, I'm going to go hire the, the, the coach <laughs> and spend some money to commit myself um, or what I'm actually literally about to do in my own life is, is I'm, I have a, I have a neighbor, uh, who's going to start coming over. Um, and, cause that's going to keep me even more focused, uh, to the specific time. Cause we work out pretty early in the morning. And so my point behind the mindset is why are you waiting now? There's strategy. I get it. There's strategy. I understand there's a time like right now in my real estate companies, we aren't just buying any property. We're being strategic about what properties are actually resellable right now. Okay, so that's fine. That's strategy, but we're still not waiting. We're not retreating. We're not going back. If anything, we're trying to pivot and go, what, what else can we do that we maybe haven't done yet? So it's, it's not always just about blind expansion, but number one, it's quiet the noise and go. 
go to the gym, go do business, go start the business. If you've been itching to get out of corporate America, end, hit the end button, hit the eject button, figure out the rest later. It doesn't even really matter. You're thinking, well, strategic and I got a 401k. For me, the way I've just never thought like that. I've just thought, what do I want? Does this decision help me get it? If it does, I do it. No questions asked. If it doesn't, I don't do it. Period. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. You know, you mentioned earlier on in this conversation about betting on yourself. You know, yeah. I can't tell you how many times I talk to people in corporate America who are running major corporations. When I talk, talk to them about being an entrepreneur and they're betting on themselves. They get all nervous. They get very nervous. Yeah. Let's kind of close this out on a couple of things. One is I want to get talk about your mastermind. So our listeners, uh, who's your customer? How can they benefit by your mastermind? I know you have a couple of those set up. Tell us a little bit about that in case people are interested. in. in yeah, I appreciate that opportunity. So as far as like who's our you know best client, if you will, we work with all different industries. That's literally the point of Gathering the King's Mastermind is to bring industries together. So we've got guys in insurance. We've got guys in retail. We've got gals in real estate. We've got guys in tech. We've got, got you know, like you name it. We've got a presence in the group. Um, and, and I've done that strategically because when you remove the X's and O's of how to cut fruit, right? So that, that's the X's and O's of edible arrangements. How do you cut the fruit? What's the quality of the pineapple? I call them pineapple problems, right? When you remove the pineapple problems, the only thing that's left is making decisions, building a team, growing as a leader, growing your leaders, making financial decisions, sales, marketing, like all of the things that actually matter in business, right? And so we've strategically removed the X's and the O's, whether you're a business owner that doesn't have a million dollars in revenue yearly yet or not. We have a group for those that are over that and under that. But strategically, there's different conversations happening, right? So if you haven't hit the million dollar mark yet, most likely the conversation is this. You're wearing too many hats. You're doing too much in the business. You're overwhelmed. You're stressed. You, you're, you need to hire, but you're scared, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. The recession's coming and you're like, I don't even know if I'm going to have a business because I'm only doing 300,000. It's like the reality of it is, is that you need how to market, how to get more clients. You need to know how to sell, which is how to secure more clients. You need to know how to fulfill those clients with an experience that is out of this world that people rave about you. And you know how to handle your finances, those four things. So those four things is what we cover mostly outside of mindset in the six figure group. And then the seven figure side, it's three things, leverage, 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 leveraging time, leveraging resources and leveraging key relationships. Because at that level, the conversation isn't necessarily how do I grow my sales team? Of course, the seven, eight, nine figure business owners are going to grow their sales team. Of course, mm -hmm. they've already got processes in place. What they need to do is connect with a, another person or they need to have a relationship or they need to have some sort of a leverage pull at that point because that's it's a different mindset um, at that level in business. And I had another client on here talk about finding your six. You know, yeah. fi finding those people around you sounds like that my, uh, mastermind helps you put those people together. 100%. Is that a once a month event, uh, once a week? How often do you meet? Yeah, yeah. So the the mastermind itself, um, it's an it's an annual program, and we do several things. We've got uh, monthly roundtables. We've got weekly connection calls, accountability. We use an app um, to stay connected to everybody. We've got a couple of events every single year in person. I bring in guest speakers every quarter. It's kind of a full full blown like we cover you from from every angle. 
Very good. Well, with that said, if anybody would be interested, what's the best way for people to get a hold of you? Yeah, they can go to gatheringthekings.com. Um, that's that's a subset of my website, chazwolf.com. So you can check us out uh, at either place there. There's testimonials, there's videos, there's information about it, what we've got going on. And um, you can schedule a time with my team from there. Very good. And I was on your website, a lot of great testimonies, uh, very great complimentary things that they're saying about you and the program. Jazz, on behalf of our listeners, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day to yeah. share your story and your wisdom. I know our listeners are always uh, gain a lot from these type of shows. So again, thank you. I can't tell you how grateful I am personally to get a chance to meet you and have you on the program. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. It was a blessing and uh, hopefully that uh, the, the value continues. Very good. On the, we will put the, your website and how to get a hold of you on the on the notes a part of the podcast, which will be aired in about three to four weeks on all podcast programs. Thanks, Chaz. All right. Rich LeBrun here. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast, Get It Done Entrepreneurs. If you are a successful business owner who would like to be on this program, please visit us at rlebrun.com forward slash podcast and fill out the form and we will reach out to you. If you got something out of this interview, would you share this episode on social media? Just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to a friend or post it on the socials. If you know someone that would be a great guest, tag them on social media to let them know about the show. Include the hashtag get it done entrepreneurs. I love seeing your posts and guest suggestions. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content. To make sure you don't miss any episodes, go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show and mean a lot to me and my team. Want to know more? Go to our website, rlebrun.com, or follow me on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram. Thanks for listening. We will see you next time.